Welcome to America Uncanceled. I'm Mercedes Schlapp, along with Matt Schlapp. The witch hunt to get Donald Trump continues with the latest indictment coming from Fulton County, Georgia, last week. President Trump now faces 91 felony counts across four different cases. Uh, here to discuss this outrageous political persecution of President Trump is investigative journalist, a friend of the CPAC community, and someone who writes at Substack, Julie Kelly. Julie, thank you for joining us. Hey, Matt Mercedes. Thanks so much for having me on. It's my first time here, so thank you. Well, you've been to CPAC, and I think when you've spoken at CPAC, like you have the rapt attention of not only the people there uh, in person, but people around the country who are trying to keep track of things. It's crazy. Yes, I was so excited to get my invitation. I think I've been there three times. So it's definitely January 6th, definitely an issue, as you know, that uh, your followers and your supporters are deeply interested in. Yeah, so for us at CPAC, Julie, just to give you some background, we had so many friends call us who got caught up in the investigation. First, it was with Congress, and obviously that morphed into this uh in, in, into DOJ's investigation, but these people were getting, you know, their bank records were being subpoenaed, their phone mm -hmm. records, you know, they weren't uh, involved with any crimes at all. Uh, and so we started raising money for our First Amendment fund, which unfortunately we're going to have to fire it back up and raise funds again because there was a whole new crop of people that are being pulled into all these different lawsuits. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's just start because I think this is very confusing for for everyone across all of these investigations into Donald Trump all these indictments all these charges just asking you do you see any serious need to have any of these investigations is there actually a reason for them <laughs> I mean no you guys know the answer is no. Um, I'm sure that your viewers know that the answer is no. But that was the subject of my book when you first asked me to speak at CPAC, yep. which is how Democrats were using the Capitol protest to launch a war on terror against the political right. Now, at the time, and you were very courageous to have me on because a lot of people still wouldn't touch that subject. They didn't want to acknowledge that that was true. But now here we are more than a year and a half after that book came out and I spoke to CPAC in March of 2022, um, I think people recognize that that's not hyperbole. That's exactly what this DOJ and FBI have been doing. Now more than 1,100 Americans have been arrested and charged, arrested um, by the FBI's counterterrorism unit, by the way, subjected to pre-dawn raids, armed agents, SWAT vehicles, battering rams. And I'll tell you something that's even more alarming. That case number is supposed to double. Matthew Gray is the D.C. Yeah. U.S. attorney who's handling all these prosecutions, has said he will double that caseload by the time he's over. They continue to arrest and charge people every single week. Can so I, this can, is far from... Can I say one thing? I don't mean to interrupt Julie or you, Mercy, but I think you, you brought up the fact that we are courageous to have you there. I might quibble with that a little bit, but I do think you're right. I, I certainly took a lot of guff for it. But part of that, I don't blame a lot of people who weren't getting it because how can you get the truth when there's such an attempt to push propaganda, for instance, this was a planned riot at the Capitol to disrupt the peaceful transfer of power where cops were murdered and people died. And like this was so in people's face over and over and over again on all of our quote unquote mainstream media that they didn't know really what had happened. It's taken all of this time looking at looking at all these videos. You've participated in listening to all of these prosecutions. 
only when you start to get the facts, people who are brave like Tucker Carlson, this former Capitol Hill uh, chief, um, can you start to see that this was all a cabal, like you said, to wage war on Trump America? And I will give a lot of credit also to Tucker because, but for his exposing this, um, you know, he produced that three-part series, Patriot Purge. He talked about the inside job that January 6th largely was. And I think the whole focus on Ray Epps and then, of course, the use of FBI informants, which we now know is a fact, thanks to many of these trials, including the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers, that informants were run into these groups months before. People are starting to question, wait, maybe what I saw on my TV that afternoon wasn't really what happened. And thankfully, people are being more open-minded, not just about what actually happened, questioning the role of government agencies. You know, where's the pipe bomber? Why was the intelligence not shared? Why was, say, for example, Capitol Police Chief Steve Sund, his request for National Guard for days beforehand, even that afternoon, thwarted by Nancy Pelosi's uh, Capitol Police Board? So people are starting to, to be more open-minded. And furthermore, as you know, the plight of the January 6th defendants, how they've been treated, yeah. persecuted, tormented, their lives destroyed by this DOJ over minimal charges like parading in the Capitol. Uh, I think that really rubs Americans the wrong way, even those who want people who committed violence, like attacked a police officer, vandalism. Um, they also see that there's a, an egregious double standard of justice that they just will not accept or tolerate. Right. And Julie, you just wrote about this uh, actually this week in your Substack. Appellate court overturns excessive sentence for January 6th defendants. So after a chief judge of the D.C. federal court suggested DOJ should impose jail time and probation for parading convictions, DOJ complied. Now an appellate court concluded both were wrong. Tell us about that ruling and tell us about that what that means for other J6 defendants. So thank you for bringing that up. So this is just another example of the DOJ and the DC District Court weaponizing the law, ignoring the law to inflict harsher punishment against January 6th defendants. First of all, as you guys know, most people who protest at the Capitol, whether it was the Kavanaugh hearings, 2017 inaugural rights, what climate protest demonstrations, they usually get arrested, a slap on the wrist, their case is handled at the Superior Court in D.C., which is the local court. Maybe a $50 fine. They go on their their way. They live, live their lives. That's not the case for hundreds of Americans who were charged with this nonviolent, petty offense that uh, federal courts usually never deal with, this class B misdemeanor parading in the Capitol. So not only have they weaponized that statute against January 6ers, Mercedes, what the judges were doing and DOJ was asking for is something called a split sentence. That is, these people were sentenced to serve jail time and then probation. Mm, right. What the circuit court, to their credit, came back with and said, you guys know that it's one or the other. You either, you either sentence someone to jail time or probation. It's not an and proposition. But what was even more egregious is that these judges in DOJ were asking for three years probation to monitor January 6th defendants, Trump supporters, through the 2024 election. So they would serve jail time 14 days, 30 days, four months on this parading charge, then have three years of probation. So the government can surveil them and make sure what? 
They're not posting supportive things about Donald Trump. They're not attending a Trump rally. Um, so to the to the D.C. appellate court, circuit court's credit, uh, they slapped down this one case, vacated the split sentence, and now there are at least 60 sentences um, that are at risk that probably also will be vacated and overturned right. as this DOJ, with the help of D.C. judges, by the way, uh, impose excessive, um, harsh sentences that you will not see in comparable situations. The uh, I, I, I think I've heard Donald Trump say that he would pardon all these people who were convicted uh, federally. Have the other Republican candidates said made public comments on this? Um, they have not, quite frankly. Um, I know that Governor DeSantis has said a few things, um, but when he did say something about pardoning or looking at cases of political persecution, he specifically omitted using the words January 6th. Uh, and Governor DeSantis has recently suggested that we should move past January 6th, that if we make the general election about the 2020 election and January 6th, Republicans will lose. Well, I respectfully and strongly disagree, because as you guys know, this is a major issue for the base. And if you are going to talk about um, stopping the weaponization of government, dismantling the DOJ, getting rid of the leadership of a corrupt FBI, you cannot talk about any of that without talking about January 6th that this and is it's ongoing Julie this isn't this isn't right. this isn't history this is like going on presently they're continuing to go after people for, on J6 who didn't do anything violent because they know of the chilling impact it has on politics and guess what state has the highest number of January 6th defendants Florida. Guess what state has the um, defendants most charged and convicted of seditious conspiracy, the count that's tantamount to insurrection? Florida. It's not a mistake, and this is not necessarily a political issue, but for Republicans to think that the Democrats are not going to hang January 6th around their oh. neck in a general, that is a huge misinterpretation Agreed. of the political yes. climate. Yeah. Naive, naive, let me naive. Let me jump in here. So it looks at, as if Judge Chutkin, someone who has been uh, basically, part of pushing these harsh sentences on the J6 defendants now, obviously, uh, in charge of the one of the Donald Trump cases where Jack Smith, this, I, I just think one of the most aggressive prosecutors that we've seen, who has failed time and time again in the court, who's basically going after Donald Trump and those who have been, um, you know, basically going after First Amendment for the, for the most part. Talk to us about what we're looking to see in this next uh, hearing that's uh, scheduled to happen next week. So Judge Chutkin is an Obama appointee. She is well known and has admitted, has actually bragged about being one of the harshest judges on January 6th defendants. I'll tell you personally, during a break in the Proud Boys trial, I just wandered into her courtroom to hear her sentence, a January 6th defendant, good old boy, I think he was from Oklahoma or somewhere. And Judge Chutkin, who's born in Jamaica, she became an American citizen, I guess, in her 20s. Um, you could, I could feel the contempt that she had for this man, as she berated him for being convicted on four misdemeanors, again, parading in three others by DC 
jury. She was angry with him that he took advantage of his right as an American citizen to seek a jury of his peers, which of course he didn't get in Washington, D.C. Um, but she was angry at this man for, for numerous reasons and sentenced him to a year in prison on four low-level misdemeanors. So I've mm. seen her in action. Right. Um, I will have a piece up shortly in the next day or so. I'm just telling you guys for the first time. People can follow me on Twitter on Wednesday to see it that documents her deep bias towards January 6th defendants, towards Donald Trump, her uh, inflammatory and in some cases dishonest description of the events of January 6th. There's no way Donald Trump can get a fair uh, trial or hearing or process in her courtroom. And she has another hearing scheduled on Monday where she will set forth uh, the trial schedule. Jack Smith asking for December 2023 trial which is crazy. He doesn't mean it and he's not going to get it. And of course, Donald Trump asking for April of 2026. I think in all of these cases, Julie, there's one Republican judge, one Trump appointed judge. Now, I'm a I'm clearly a conservative. I, I, really? No one's hiding that. I didn't know that. But when it comes to judges, I'm a constitutionalist. I actually yeah. don't want them to use their political philosophy right. to come to determine uh, these cases. I want them just to read the law right. and follow the law. But that, of course, we all know that that's a naive, sentimental concept and that these judges, certainly the Obama uh, picks, the Biden picks, uh, are using these rules, unfortunately, to push their politics. If they're trying to put Joe Biden's next opponent in prison in three or four jurisdictions, doesn't it, in this particular case, make just complete common sense that the judge overseeing the proceedings should not be a partisan for Joe Biden? I mean, have we gotten to the point where that's not just so obvious? Well, Matt, I have really bad news for you and for <laughs> your viewers. After watching these judges in action for two and a half years, some of the Trump judges are as bad, if not worse, than the Obama-Clinton wow. judges. And yeah. I'm speaking specifically of someone named Timothy Kelly, yeah. who oversaw the Proud Boys uh, seditious conspiracy trial. He held men behind bars, denying them bail, men charged with no violent crime, veterans with no criminal record, denied their release for almost for more than two years before their trials began. Crazy. So quite honestly, I would have a hard time picking someone worse than Judge Chutkin for Donald Trump. Um, maybe Beryl Howell, who is the former chief judge, as you guys know, she also oversaw the Robert Mueller special investigation. Um, but I would not pick a Trump judge uh, even over some of these Obama-appointed uh, judges. They unfortunately have gone along with the groupthink, the hive mind of that really uh, evil, vengeful D.C. courthouse. It's another, so I wish, Julie, this is just another sad example of the swamp and the pernicious status when it's not drained, you can even go pick people that the Federal Society or other people might say will be good judges. And the system of Washington, D.C. and the system of the judicial uh, process uh, makes them cowards. Yeah, cowards is a very good word. I mean, I've watched these Trump judges. They are cowards, you know, and also furthermore, uh, most of them came out of the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, which is the same office that's prosecuting yeah. all of these January 6th cases. So you've got your former buddies, your former colleagues. You're not going to yeah. say no to them. Yeah. Um, so it definitely is the swamp. As you said, people have not left Washington, D.C. their entire political career. And now they're going to go up with their, their former 
colleague, you know, lunch buddy at the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office just hasn't happened. Julie, uh, you know, it, it, there's obviously the breaking news this week. President Trump set to surrender uh, in this in this Georgia case where he's going to be uh, paying a bail of about two hundred thousand dollars. Fannie Willis uh, you wrote this excellent piece about how Fannie Willis trumped Jack Smith. That is a great title. You have this very <laughs> ambitious newbie district attorney in Georgia trying to make a name for herself, total Democrat liberal bias, trying to take Donald Trump down, trying to put him in jail with these racketeering types of charges. Walk us through what's happening there. What can we expect to see in that uh, in that case? Well, there's nothing really funny about anything that's happening, but if you have to find an amusing sideshow, I think the clash of these two huge egos, Fannie Willis, who was, um, she was confirmed in, or she was sworn in in January 2021 as the Fulton County DA, the very next month she opens this investigation into Donald Trump. You've got Jack Smith, a DOJ lifer, worked for four and a half years in the Obama D Department of Justice. You know, really a guy with a spotty record. I mean, he's been overturned by the Supreme Court nine to zero. That's pretty embarrassing. But nonetheless, has this huge ego, a team of prosecutors with equally huge egos. Now you see this clash between the two. Well, what Fannie Willis did is she really brought the goods to the Democrats and the media. And it makes Jack Smith's four-count indictment against Trump look really boring and weak. Obstruction? I mean, she got racketeering. She is imitating federal officers. She has perjury, you know, stealing computers. And not only against Trump, against the most hated people in Trump world yes. by the left and the Democrats, right? Mm -hmm. Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman. I mean, this is like kibble to them. So Jack Smith has got to be sitting there going, well, you know, here she stole my thunder. You know, six of the co-conspirators, or five of the co-conspirators in his January 6th case against Trump in D.C., she's already nabbed and thrown the book at. So um, I've always suspected that Jack Smith will bring more charges against Donald Trump and what's called a superseding indictment. Um, but now I think he's almost backed into a corner where he will have to bring some harsher charges, po possibly seditious conspiracy, wow. to compete with this newbie, Fanny, who is um, sort of t taking all the, uh, the star power away from mm. Jack Smith. So you have a piece coming out that uh, gets into uh, this judge in Washington, D.C., um, is that fair game to look at these judges and look at their politics and uh, see ways in which they might be compromised? I think it definitely is. I mean, personal bias is a reason for uh, recusal. It can be a reason for a judge to be disqualified. And I'm telling you, the things that she has said in court, um, and, and I will document this in my piece very carefully. I went through thousands of pages of hearing transcripts of what she has said to, again, low-level um, you know, misdemeanors, people who walked into the building for 10 minutes, who she just berated for you know, up to 20, 30 minutes. Um, the things that she has said, the suggestions that she's made about Donald Trump, uh, and I know he alluded to one in a true social post last week that was actually part of a snippet of a transcript that I captured and posted on my Twitter account. Um, there's just no way anyone could look at her and believe that she is going to handle this as an impartial judge who, by the way, her oath is to protect the rights of the defendant, not to act as another member of the prosecution government's team. She is supposed to protect his rights 
which we already see she is not doing. So um, I believe that my piece will convince people even further that there's no way she should be handling this trial. Where can people find you on Substack and obviously on Twitter? We were saying, Matt and I, that we read your Twitter <laughs> every day <laughs> and Substack to stay very informed with what you're doing because, I, I mean, you really are exposing the truth and the realities of what we're seeing. We read your Twitter over coffee, Julie, but really we need a martini because... <laughs> You know, like you said, there's nothing funny here, but, well, there isn't. but there it's, isn't. you know, it's so alarming and jarring that sometimes I feel like the things you're saying it must be some kind of a novel. Right. But it's truth. Where can people find you, Julie? Uh, so thank you both for following my Twitter and having me on and covering my work. So I just started a sub stack. It's declassified with Julie Kelly. As you said, my Twitter is Julie underscore Kelly. Too, where I break a lot of break, I, I post a lot of breaking news. And yes, you should have a dark beverage when you read my Twitter uh, posts. I wouldn't suggest coffee, but if that's what you guys have to have, whatever, <laughs> martini, scotch, <laughs> anything will do. Well, I, thank you, Julie Kelly, for joining America Uncanceled. And we're gonna, I want to keep making sure we have her on the show to give us continual yeah, we need, updates. Maybe we can do more regular happening. updates. Yes, this is going to be great. So please uh, join us again. I definitely will. Thanks so much for having me on. And remember, if you missed an episode, you can always go back and watch it on our website. Go to cpac.org slash now, or you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time. God bless.